in Matthew chapter number 14. And again, we're going to finish what we started last week, talking about the connection between faith and following. And we started by looking at several of these chapters, uh, or several of the examples in these chapters, Matthew 14 through 17, uh, of some of those that struggle with faith. First of all, we talked about Herod, and we said that uh, when he heard about Jesus and what he was doing and his miracles, uh, he first his first thought was, this must be John the Baptist that I've killed, and he's come back from the dead, and so he struggled with his faith. We talked about the scribes and the Pharisees, obviously, and they uh, their entire issue was struggling with faith and their refusal to believe in Jesus and, and uh, the fact that uh, they questioned him. And then we talked about the disciples, Disciples who struggle with their faith, uh, despite the fact that they have been following Jesus for uh, at least a year, probably more, despite the fact that they have heard him preach great messages like the Sermon on the Mount and teach great lessons, and despite the fact that they have uh, seen him do great miracles, when it comes to, to the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus says, I want to I take care of all these people, I want you to feed them, they doubt it. They said, well, Jesus, how in the world are we going to feed all these people? What in the world are we going to do to make sure that they all get a lunch? And they doubted. They struggled with their faith. And then they struggled with their faith on the sea as the storm was raging. And they were on the sea and they saw Jesus come walking to them. They uh, struggled with their faith. Uh, And then again, when Jesus wanted to feed 4,000, they struggled with their faith again. And so the disciples struggled with their faith. But then we see the contrast As we look at those examples of faith struggles, then we see those that showed great faith, examples of of those who acted in faith. And last week, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, the Canaanite woman, the Syrophoenician woman, not a Jew, and came to Jesus, uh, needing her daughter to be healed from a demon that possessed her and showed great faith, uh, and Jesus healed her daughter. We saw uh, the multitudes that came to Jesus. In fact, look at, let's look at some of these verses together. We saw the, the multitudes come to Jesus uh, in Matthew 14. I suppose we don't want to have... There we go. Now it's easier to see. Uh, Matthew 14, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. The, or the, the multitudes, they believed in Jesus. They, they wanted, they believed Jesus could heal them. They followed him. And so Jesus healed them in verses 34 uh, through 36. And when they were gone over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. When the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent him uh, out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as were touched were made perfectly uh, whole. Those people had faith in Jesus, followed him, sought after him, believed that he could heal them, and Jesus healed them. And then in Matthew 15, Jesus departed from thence and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes again came unto him, having with them those that were lame and blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. They showed great faith. They came to Jesus. They believed that he could heal them. They came to him, and Jesus responded in faith. And then we finished, and I want to spend most of our time right now thinking about Peter. And uh, we talked a little bit about Peter last week, and we see the example of Peter showing great faith. And the disciples are on uh, the Sea of Galilee, and they're in the boat, and they have the great storm. uh, And they see Jesus come walking out on the water to them. 
Peter's the only one that responds in faith. The Bible says that the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, so the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee in the water. Look, notice Peter says, Lord. Here's Jesus speak. Here's him say, do not be afraid. And he responds, he says, I know who that is. I know what that voice, I know that voice. I know who that is. Lord, if it be thou, bid me come out of the water. I want, I want, I want to come to you. I want to, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter responds in faith. Peter responds in faith. And then we see it again in chapter 16. We talked again a little bit about this last week. Verse 13 says, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What are people saying about me, guys? What's the, what's the talk? What's the chit-chat? Uh, what, what, what's, the, what's the rumor? What's the gossip? What are people saying about me? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and some others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Whom say ye? What do you say? It doesn't matter what anybody else says. What do you guys say? And Peter, first one to answer, verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, I know who you are. He said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of the living God. You're the one that's promised to us. He responds in faith. And, and this is where we, we left off last week and where we're going to talk about. So what do, we, what do we need to learn from the example of Peter and others who have responded in faith here? What are the lessons we need to learn as we follow Jesus? Well, first of all, number one, when we respond in faith, God reveals himself to us. When we respond in faith, God reveals himself to us. When we, when we like Peter, when we step out in faith, we get out of the boat, out of our comfort zone, out of what we know, into something that we don't know. We don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what the answer is. I can't do that very long. Uh, we get out of our comfort zone. We step out. Why? Because we know who's out there. Peter said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come into the water. Jesus said, come. When we step out in faith and come to Jesus, because we believe who he is and we believe what he has already said, God responds. What does the Bible say in Hebrews eleven six? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh, he that cometh, he that cometh to God must believe that he is must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we step out in faith, we come to God because we believe who he is. You know, that's, that's what those that responded in faith in these chapters we just talked about, that's what they did. They came to Jesus because they believed who he was. They came to Jesus because they believed who he was, and because of that, they believed what he could do. The Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. He was, he was a Jew. She was a Gentile. 
He wasn't even a part of the religion that she probably followed for most of her life. And yet she said, I believe that you are something special. I believe that you're the Messiah of the Jews, which means you're the Son of God, so I'm coming to you. She came to Jesus in faith, and Jesus responded by healing her child. The multitudes, they believed that Jesus could do something. Whether they believed that Jesus was the Son of God, but they believed in Jesus enough that they came to him to solve their problem of healing their sick, and Jesus responded by healing their sick. Uh, Peter responds in faith, first by stepping out of the boat. Why? Because he said, Lord, Lord not teacher, not master, not rabbi, Lord. That's a, that's, a, that's a term for God. Lord, I believe it's you. I'm going to respond in faith. And then when Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? Peter says, man, I got the faith. I believe who you are. I'm responding in faith. I'm responding in faith. And then because G Peter, Peter did that in both cases, because Peter responded in faith to step out of the boat, he had to walk on the water. Only man ever walking on water. We don't know how long. We don't know what it looked like. We don't know if he walked up waves and down waves. We don't know if he moonwalked on the water. We don't know, okay? Peter was on the water. He walk on the water. And then... Because he responded in faith when Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? I think this is one of the reasons why in the next chapter, chapter 17, Peter's one of three guys that gets to go up on the mount and see Jesus in his glorified body, the Mount of Transfiguration, and see what nobody, no man, had ever seen before that and will ever see until he comes back again. The glorified body of Jesus. And, and Peter responds in faith, and because of that, God revealed himself. Listen, in every single one of those cases, those people who, who, who responded in faith, who acted in faith, they had to do that before Jesus did anything. Did you catch that? They had to act before the results. Faith requires action before there are results. Faith requires action before. Faith required Peter to take a step out of the boat before he knew that his foot was going to stop on top of the water. Faith required these people to come to Jesus and throw their sick and their, their lame and their blind and, and all these people that need to be healed to throw them at. Sorry, I keep spitting on you. Uh, to keep throwing them at his feet and then Jesus healed them. Faith required the Syrophoenician woman to come to Jesus, and even though it was not culturally or socially acceptable for her, a Gentile, to come to Jesus, a Jew, and say, I need your help. But she was willing to do that, and because of that, Jesus healed her daughter. Faith requires action before there are results. Faith is acting before you see what God can do, because you know what God can do, because you know who God is. Faith is acting before you see what God can do because you already believe and know what God can do because you believe and know who God is. That's what faith is. Faith, faith is what led the, the centurion that we read about in Matthew chapter number 8 to come to Jesus and believe who he was enough that he said, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. All you have to do is speak and my servant will be healed. From right here. You don't even have to see him. But I believe who you are. Uh, faith is what uh, led uh, those who brought the, the paralyzed man in Capernaum to Jesus. 
They believed who Jesus was. And they believed in him enough that he could heal their friend, that they were willing to fight through a crowd. And then when they couldn't get through the crowd, they took him up on the roof. And when they couldn't get through the roof, they broke through the roof and lowered this guy through the roof. Why? Because they believed in Jesus. And because of that, Jesus healed their friend. Uh, Faith is what, what made that woman with the issue of blood believe in Jesus so much that she realized, I only have to touch I only have to touch the hem. I only have to touch right the edge of his, of his clothes. I believe in him so much that Jesus will heal me. And because she did that, because she acted before she was healed, Jesus said, I'm going to heal you. Uh, faith is Bartimaeus, the blind man on the road to Damascus. Blind, but believes in Jesus so much, says, Jesus, thou son of David, believes who he is. And because he believes who he is, he believes what he can do, and he acts before Jesus does anything, and Jesus heals him. Jesus heals him. Faith requires action before there are results. Faith is what brings salvation. The Bible says that in Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith. Faith is what brings answered prayer. James 5 talks about the prayer of faith. Faith is what calms fears. Faith is what cures doubts. Faith is what gives direction. Faith is what shows the way. It's directed to him. It's not us. It's acting on what I know about God and what I believe that he can do. That's what faith is. Uh, Here, take this. Faith is acting on what I already know about God. And let me take it a step further. Faith is acting when I don't know on what I already do know about God. Faith is acting when I don't know on what I already do know about God. That's faith. Uh, faith, uh, the, the Greek word in the, in the New Testament for faith in, in Hebrews and many other places, uh, it means a persuasion, we're persuaded, uh, a credence, it's something we hold on to, we base our life upon, uh, a belief, uh, a confidence, something we're confident on. Uh, you look in the Old Testament, the Old Testament word for faith, the Old Testament doesn't use the word faith, the Hebrew, uh, the, the word for faith, it's similar, is trust. Trust. Typically, you trust someone, or those you trust the most are those you know the best. And so our faith, our trust, is in one that we know. And when we act on that, because of our faith, because we're persuaded, because we believe, because we trust Him, then God always shows and does more as a result. You, you read through the chapter in, in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, okay? Uh, what is it filled with? It's filled with people who acted on what they already believed about God. It's, it's people who acted because they believed something about God. They acted when they didn't know, when things were unclear, when, when things were not sure, when they didn't have answers, when they, weren't, they didn't know where they were going, they didn't know how things were going to turn out. They acted when they didn't know on what they already did know uh, about God. Uh, each member did something by faith, and God did more uh, as a result. Uh, Abel. Abel offered an excellent sacrifice. This is the first record, really, of someone in the Bible offering a sacrifice, and God accepted it as a result. Uh, Enoch, Enoch, he sought after God. 
He wanted to have a relationship with God by faith. And because of that, God took him to heaven. He didn't even die. He just took him right to heaven with him uh, at the end of his life. Uh, Noah. Noah had faith. He built a boat for something that had never happened in the history of the world. The entire world was going to be destroyed by a flood. And he was going to build a boat for that. But he did it by faith. Why? Because of what he already knew about God. Because of what he already believed about God. Uh, Abraham. Abraham sought after a country, the promised land that God promised him. He sought after a country that he didn't know where it was. He didn't know where it was going to end up. But he sought after a country. Why? Because he believed uh, God. He offered up his son. The The son that in his old age God gave him and told him, I will make a great nation of thee. And Abraham said, I am still going to, by faith, act. Why? Because I believe you, God. Moses, by faith, he for, as a son of Egypt, a prince of Egypt, Moses forsakes everything to follow God and to fulfill the purpose that God had for him. And God made him a great uh, leader of Israel and to lead his people out. Uh, the Israelites in Egypt, under the leadership of Moses, by faith, they observed the Passover. They put blood on their doors and they waited and they did everything that God told them to do. And because of that, God honored that and the death angel passed over them. Uh, they passed through the Red Sea by faith. Moses held up his staff and they went through the Red Sea on dry ground. Why? Because they believed in God. Uh, they walked around Jericho. Think about this. This takes some faith. You're Joshua. You're the children of Israel. God says, hey, we're going to conquer this city, but you're going to do it by walking around it. Well, well, that's acting in what you don't know based on what you do know about God. And they did. Six days, one time around, seventh day, seven times around, blow the trumpets, yell, boom, walls come tumbling down. You know the song. They acted in faith. Uh, how about this? This is not mentioned in Hebrews, uh, but in... Uh, Joshua, when the Israelites are going to cross into the promised land, before they even get to Jericho, when they're going to cross into the promised land, and they're at the edge of the Jordan River, and just like he had done at the Red Sea, God was going to do something great. He was going to part the waters. But this time, he doesn't tell Joshua to raise his staff like he told Moses. This time, he doesn't you know, tell Joshua to throw something into water like he did Elijah or Elisha. Uh, this time, he says, tell the priests holding the Ark of the Covenant that are leading the Israelites, tell them to start walking into the water. Tell them to start walking into the water. Well, hold on a second, God. You said you were going to part the waters. Tell them to start walking into the water. When, they when the priests, well, the Bible says when they took one step into the water, the waters parted. It required them to act on what they in a time when they didn't know on what they already knew about God. They served a God who had already parted the Red Sea. They served a God who had brought manna and quail and done all these great miracles and had led them for 40 years through the wilderness by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And they said, okay. And they took one step and God showed up. God revealed himself. Faith is acting when I don't know on what I already do know about God. Now, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for us? Uh, faith is being consistent and having a quiet time to read God's word and pray, 
even when it's brand new to you or doesn't seem that you're getting much out of it. Faith is being faithful to be in God's house, looking for God to speak to you, even when you've never really done it before or even if it's been a really long time. Faith is looking for opportunities to speak to others about Jesus and taking them when they do come, even when you don't think that you're ready to do it or you're afraid of what the outcome's going to be. Faith is choosing to give time to be in God's house or around God's people to talk about God's word, even when you think there are a million other things that you could or should be doing. Faith is giving back to God financially, even when it doesn't quite make sense to you or your budget. Faith is going to God with a burden or a trial with the understanding that he is the one who could do something about it, even when it seems like there are no answers or solution. Faith is acting when I don't know on what I already do know about God. See, that's the thing. Faith operates in the unknown. Faith operates in the unknown. Faith operates in moments of time and parts of our life and issues and situations when we don't know what's happening next. That's when we need faith. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 11. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hope for it. We don't have it yet. We hope for it. It's the evidence of things not seen. We don't see it. It's unknown. That's where faith operates. But the problem is, and the issue that a lot of us have, and the, the problem that we saw even in the examples of faith in Scripture that we just read, faith is not the only thing that operates in the unknown. Don't sing this song. Uh, faith is not the only thing that operates in the unknown. Fear also operates in the unknown. In fact, fear is a lot stronger in the unknown. And that's the opposite of faith. You know, we, we saw the disciples. In fact, look back there. Matthew 14, verse 24. The ship was down in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And the disciples, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for what? Not faith, fear. There's unknown. Un, there was unknown. Again, th th we, we said this last week. This had to be, first of all, a pretty bad storm when these experienced fishermen and those that had spent a lot of time around the sea, when they were scared. Had to be a pretty bad storm. And then secondly, when they're out there on the water and they see something that looks like a person coming to them where something that looks like a person should not be, there was fear. It was unknown. There was fear. Faith, though, listen, faith absence of fear. Because in the unknown, there will always be an element of fear. Faith is acting in spite of fear. Faith is acting in spite of fear. Faith is acting in the unknown. Why? Because my Bible says that God has not given us, he's not given us the spirit of fear. The fear that we feel, that fear that we face, the fear that, that we give into so many times in the parts of life that are unknown to us, that's not given to us by God. That's not given to us by God. God says when you're focused on me, when your belief is in me, then you respond in faith and overcome that fear. Faith is acting in spite of fear. And all of us face fears. All of us face fears because all of us have unknowns. All of us have unknowns. 
You have an unknown right now in your life. You have something that is a big unknown. And you have fear, I'm sure, because of that. I have unknowns. I have fear. But you have a choice to decide if you're going to act in fear or if you're going to act in faith. See, all of us have unknowns. Uh, what's the next step in life? You're here right now doing whatever you're doing. Focus on whatever you're focused on. What's next? That's an unknown. Uh, what happens if you're in school right now after college? What happens after that? That's an unknown. Maybe it's just something as not small, but centralized, localized as I have this bill. How in the world am I going to pay this bill? How many world, how many world am I going to get out of this financial issue that I'm in? That's an unknown. You're in college and you're pursuing a certain degree of study, but the unknown is, is this for me? Is this what I should be doing? Is this what I should be studying? You're, you're not necessarily in school and you're just working and you're not sure if the job that you have right now is where you're going to want to be the rest of your life. And so the unknown is what career? What career should I pursue? You're single. You're not dating anyone. The unknown is, am I going to find anybody? Is there going to be a relationship for me? There's unknown. There's unknown. And so you have to ask yourself, what is it? What is the it? in your life that has you in the spirit of fear. What is it? What is it? Was it something from that list? Is it something that you're thinking of right now? This is the big unknown in my life. What is it? Faith is a willingness to trust him with whatever it is in your life right now and acting even when you don't know. It's doing the things that you do know. It's doing the things that you know you ought to do. It's being where you know you ought to be. It's doing the things and trying to make decisions based on faith, based on what you do know about him. It's, you know, when we enter those times of unknown, we're like the guy that brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus. He said, Lord, I believe. Help them my unbelief. Now, I believe in you, God. There's a lot of unknown. And it's okay to be there. It's okay to, to, to experience that fear in the unknown, but will we act on fear or will we act on faith? Let me say this then as we close here, because I think that sometimes we get into those moments of unknown and we're faced with fear and we think, well, I need to be like the centurion or I need to be like uh, the Canaanite woman who Jesus said had great faith. And if I don't have great faith, well, I might as well give up. I only have a little faith. I barely have enough faith to get up in the morning. I barely have enough faith to take the next step. I have little faith. Can I tell you? That's, that's a good place to be. To have little faith, that's a good place to be. Uh, look back at Matthew 14 and look at verse number 31. See, we stopped after Jesus, or Peter acted in faith. Okay? Peter, we, Peter responds in faith. He sees Jesus. He said, Lord, if, you be, if it be thou, bid me come into the water. And Jesus said, come. Peter takes that step of faith, and who knows how long. He starts walking on the water, you know, having a good time out there. But at some point, Peter's faith was overtaken by fear. And he begins to sink. And we've all been there. 
We can, we can respond in faith in those times of unknown, maybe for a little bit, but then we start thinking about everything else that's unknown and the more unknowns and the unknown of the unknown and the darkness of the unknown, and, and we have fear. And we start to sink. Now, I love the fact, and, and we don't spend time on this, but I love the fact that as soon as he cried out, Jesus said, okay, reached down and caught him. I think too many times we forget to cry out. We just, that's why we feel like we're drowning because we haven't cried out yet. Jesus will pull us out. But when Peter responds, or when Peter cries out to Jesus and Jesus reaches down, then Jesus makes a statement to him. And I think a lot of times we look at this statement, and I know I've been guilty of this, we look at this statement and we think Jesus is, come on, Peter. Man, Peter, so disappointed in you. But the more and more I think about it, the more I read of what else Jesus says later on, I don't think that's the way he said it. Uh, look at Matthew 14, verse 31. You see it right there. It says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I think a lot of times we view Peter's little faith, as Jesus called it here, we view it in a negative light. We, we, we feel like Jesus said, O thou of little faith. Very condescending. But I don't think that's how Jesus said it at all. I don't think that Jesus was saying, Peter, shame on you for little faith. I don't think that's what he meant at all. I think that, that Jesus was saying, Peter, why did you stop, man? Peter, why would you doubt? Peter, you had little faith. You had little faith. I think Jesus was saying it wasn't the little Okay, Peter had little faith. Peter did something that none of us have ever done. Peter walked on the water. It wasn't little faith that started Peter drowning. It was doubt. Jesus wasn't criticizing Peter for his little faith. He was saying, Peter, why didn't your little faith continue? Why didn't your little faith continue? See, here's the thing. Okay? Jesus says then later in chapter 17, and this is why I don't think that he was criticizing Peter for his little faith. He says in chapter 17, verse number 20, he says, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of mustard seed, he shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Uh, I, I was going to get a picture, and I didn't. But I don't know if you've ever seen a grain of mustard seed. Anybody? Do you, know, do you know how big a mustard seed is? Raise your hand if you've seen a mustard seed before. Okay. It's very, very tiny. Okay? I don't have a pen, uh, but, but if you picture a ball and a ballpoint pen, it's about the same size. Really tiny. Small. Uh, in my mind, that's little faith. Faith that size, that's little faith. And Jesus says if you have faith that size, that's mountain-moving faith. Little faith. Uh, faith is the grain of a seed of mustard seed. Jesus is not saying that the more faith you have, the more you can accomplish. Because if Jesus, if, if, if that's the case, then why stop at faith the size of a mustard seed? Why not say, have faith the size of an oak tree? But see, it's not the size of the faith that you have, because even with a little faith, Jesus said we can move mountains. Even with little faith, Peter walked on the water. Even with little faith, we know that nothing's impossible. But why? Because the power is not from the amount of our faith, 
but in the object of our faith. Why could little faith allow Peter to walk on water? Because it was in the one he was walking towards. Why can little faith move mountains? Because it's not us moving the mountain, it's faith in the one who's moving the mountain for us. Faith is not in the amount, the power of our faith is not in its amount, but in its object. It's not about the strength of our faith, it's about the strength of the one in whom we have our faith. That's why I don't think Peter was, or Jesus was questioning Peter's faith. Jesus wasn't questioning Peter's faith because it was small. He was questioning what Peter was placing his faith in. When, when, when Jesus said, Peter, you had a little faith, why'd you doubt? Why'd you, why'd you stop having faith? Why, why'd you, why did the object of your faith, the object of your focus, why did that change? Let me say one more thing. The point is not about how much faith, but about who that faith is in. The point is not about how much faith we have, it's about who that faith is in. Jesus said, you can have a little faith, but it's got to be in me. Uh, you can act in little faith. When, when, when you're faced with the unknown and the fear of the unknown, Jesus said, that's okay. Is your faith in me? Is your faith in me? Is your faith in me? And I think what Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, he's called his disciples to follow him here. Okay? He sent them out already, and he's saying, guys, we're, we're next level stuff right now. All right? If you're going to follow me, it's going to take some, some faith. Then why don't you put that faith in me? I love how Jesus, we'll close with this, but when Jesus walks on the water to go to the disciples, when they cried out in fear in that time of unknown, what's the first thing that Jesus does? Oh, guys, wait a second, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Jesus says, when, when your faith is in me, in those times of unknown, and you act, you do something, you, you follow me, you respond because of that, that takes care of the fear. And then Jesus says, yeah, get ready, because you're about to do some crazy things. Walking on water, moving mountains, it's exciting. God reveals himself when we respond in faith.